Welcome to the Abundant Edge Podcast. Here we dive deep into the worlds of permaculture, natural building, and regenerative living as we aspire to help you reach your highest potential for yourself, for your community, and for this beautiful planet that we all share. As always, I'm your host, Oliver Gaucher, and I have a great session for you in this week's episode, so let's jump right in. Are you looking for the best resources to help you build a regenerative lifestyle? New Society Publishers has been a leader in sustainable publishing for over 30 years. They publish good news and solutions for individuals and organizations seeking to change their lives so that they may change the world for the better. Their company mandate goes far beyond the single bottom line of profit. They care deeply not only about what they publish, but also how they do business. They believe in the authors that they take on and the works that they bring to the marketplace. From sustainable living to progressive parenting, New Society Publishers has the books you need to help build a better world. Buy your print and ebooks online at www.newsociety.com or at fine bookstores near you. All right, now I've become really passionate about finding unconventional applications for permaculture design principles. And today is a perfect example of someone who is exploring the ways that permaculture can be used to create stronger social and interpersonal structures. Isabel Fortier is the founder of EgoEco.ca, whose mission is to inspire people to move towards a higher sense of well-being, to live differently and more in line with their values, all while contributing to the development of an ecologically responsible society. Now, for nearly 10 years, Isabel acted as a spiritual life and community involvement facilitator at the CEGEP, where she offered several training programs related to relationship counseling, stress management, conflict management, bereavement, and intercultural relations. In this interview, Isabella talks about the internal changes that we need to make before we can be effective change makers out in the world through a combination of both personal and group work in ecologically minded communities. Now, since my good friend and colleague Neil Hegarty had just finished taking Isabella's three-day course on social permaculture, I gave the mic over to him to conduct the interview. So here's Neil and Isabel in our first on a series of alternative applications for permaculture. I hope you're as inspired by these concepts as I am. Okay, so I'm joined today um, by Isabel Fortier um, from Canada. I just finished doing taking part in Isabel's social permaculture course, so I'm really excited to be interviewing Isabel today. Hello, everybody. So, um, Isabel, I think we'll get straight into this. Why don't you... Um, Tell me a little bit about your background and what it was that led you to social permaculture. Okay. Uh, first of all, um, when I was in my 20s, I wanted to change the world when I realized that it was going so wrong. So I decided to study uh, international cooperation. So I've been uh, working in Africa and seeing that... Uh, it's really political and uh, that I, it doesn't have such good effect. Often the project fails when people go, go, when the co-parents goes away. And then, um, coming back from that experience, I say, okay, if I still want to do something to get a better world, I should work on, but on people. So why not studying psychotherapy? So I went on studying body psychotherapy. So because for me, it was really this idea that if you, we want to change our world. Anyway, we need to start by ourselves because even if we do the most beautiful project, but we are not in peace inside us, we're going to get in conflicts. We're going to be in 
very overpower on people and uh, it won't go well. So it's what I did. And um, so from there, there I was working in a college in Quebec. I'm from the French part of Canada, if you can hear. <laughs> and uh, that's it. So I work in college. So I was uh, a spiritual and community life facilitator. So I was there specifically to help the youth to find themselves and find where they can go to help the world go better too. You know, it's, it was really working on the two level. So I did that for 10 years until I realized that uh, it was not any more fulfilling for me. I need a new challenge. And I really wanted since a long time to work in nature too. I knew that nature could touch, could teach so much. So uh, I decided to do a PDC, Permaculture Design Certificate. And um, and when I did that, I've learned about social permaculture. And I say, oh, yeah, I'm just doing social permaculture since my whole career. But I didn't know that it was under that hat. It's a big hat, covering a lot of stuff. I was teaching, uh, you know, conflict resolution, uh, deep listening. I was teaching, you know, how to get... Um, people that they can get closer to their niche. It's all subject that it's covered in, in social permaculture. And um, so I just continue my way. And, and then I encounter uh, Joanna Macy. Joanna Macy, uh, she's an environmentalist. Uh, she's now 88 years old. She's been an activist for all her life. And uh, a lot working against nuclear and uh, she create an approach called Work That Reconnects. It's under two social permaculture. And when I met her, it was kind of a, wow, it's okay. It's, it was for me a, a path that I could take to continue my work. It was, uh, it's an approach that uh, I knew quite everything what she's putting out but the way that she structure her approach, you know, it's very effective and it's, it's mainly now the base with what I'm, I'm working with permaculture. A really interesting uh, story, yeah? It sounds like almost like the typical path. I think for a lot of people, you start out um, wanting to change the world and it leads you to, to wanting to change yourself. Um, so could you talk a little bit about um, some of the approaches you were you use in your workshop? I know you rely very much on uh, Joanna, Macy's, um, Joanna Macy's framework, but... I guess it's, yeah, would you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's it. So, um, first of all, the, the approach of Jonas Messi is called work that reconnects. And, uh, what she put forward is the, we want, we need to go from, uh, industrial society to a society who will kind of support the life. And, uh, she said that we are right now, you know, with this ecological crisis on, uh, uh she called it a great turning. So really, we really need as society to make a big turn because we, we're gonna soon eat the wall. So we won't have the, the, you know, we need to make this great turning. And she said that to do it, we need to work on three levels. So first of all, change structure as permaculture is, you know, a, another way to work with nature. It's very uh, effective and important to do so. Uh, we need to do some activists, protests, pr protest uh, for those, all those projects who kind of, uh, are against life. And the third way is to work on yourself. 
And for her, it's really that we really need to work on the tree level at the same time. So, uh, so this is the base. And after she works with a, a spiral. So sh- we start by gratitude. Because if you want really to support life, to, you know, care for hurt, as we say in permaculture, we need to love it. And to love it, you need to recognize everything that hurts bring to you. Because often people have been uh, growth in cities and they, they don't even, you know, realize where their food come from. You know, it's just they, they give cash and, uh, and they, they, they get their vegetables, but they don't even know how a broccoli grows. <laughs> For me, I find it very funny because uh, not so long ago, I didn't know neither. You know, I'm from a city. <laughs> So when I realized it, I said, okay, I really need to get closer to nature. So it was a, pa- a part of uh, my interest to go back to nature. And uh, so from gratitude, you know, it's, uh, but it really it's gratitude too for what you have in your life, you know, how you can see the glass half full instead of uh, half empty because we are in so much in consumerism. Then, uh, we always see half empty and we want more and we think that if we get more, we'll be more happy. So having gratitude, uh, it's a, it's revolutionary, revolutionary, you know, because if everybody will feel satisfied, we consume less and the world would, would get better. So I think this is very important. And the second aspect of this, the spiral, it's, um, honoring the pain we have for our world. So this is so important because uh, we we know that uh, there's so much suffering in in the planet Earth, you know, from terrorism, you know, hunger, wars, you know, you know, climate change, everything. But it's so big that often we just don't want to see it. But without honoring this pain, we don't face it and we don't act on it neither. So recognizing uh, the pain from the world, being able to touch this pain into yourself would make something inside you and you will feel more, it's called work that reconnects. It's really that you will feel more connected for those people, maybe far from your house, from your country, but they're suffering and we are, we are all one. We're interconnected, you know? So how can my behavior after could be really uh, more conscious and conscious of my impact, what I'm going to buy, how I'm going to act, uh, you know, what project I can, you know, engage on to get it better. But to do that, you know, to have this kind of uh, motivation to move forward, you need to recognize the pain. If not, you're, okay, I'm good, I'm alone in my little house with my family, everything goes well, you know, uh, but it's it's really opening your eyes of this interconnection of the world. And the the third aspect of the spiral, it's uh it's seeing with new eyes. So this is uh because I like to uh to talk about it a lot because human being as now seeing themselves as the, in the top of the pyramid, you know, there's the the man and there's the woman and the whales and there's the mammals and there's the after the f- the fishes and the, after the plants, you know, we see it kind of a, in in a pyramid. 
but how we can see it really, you know, as an ecosystem, as we all part of the same thing and we all need each other to have an effective uh, world. So, um, seeing with new eyes, it's, uh, you know, it's, being able to see in other people's eyes, to see in animals, plants' eyes, you know, when, when you want to uh, start a project for gas or everything, what will be the effect, you know, on wells, on water, on, on the, the land? So how you can change your point of view to be able to be empathetic to others. And, but this, uh, also to be able to see yourself as human being in the deep time perspective. So how you can see yourself as a, you can see yourself, you know, as uh, maybe 80 years until six, 60,000 years of human, humanity, you know? So we're, you're, we are part of this big ancestor line, lineage. So seeing yourself just um, humbling, you know? So, okay, I'm, I'm just there for 80 years, but what will be my impact? I'm going to work with it because each thing you do has an impact on the world. So it's it's about it too to see with new eyes, be able to connect with your ancestor, connect to the future generation. Remember yourself that, uh, yeah, you're impactful on seven generations ahead, you know. And the fourth aspect of the spiral is uh, going forth. And uh, going forth is, uh, okay, after that, you know, being able to have gratitude to uh honoring the pain to see with new eyes so who i am you know being passing from the ego to the eco realizing that i'm interconnected realizing that i have my role to play i have an impact on the world so how i will act in the world what's my purpose you know trying to help people to find their niche to be really, you know, aligned with themselves and really, uh, you know, have a good and great impact on the world at the same time. So I think when we're really aligned with ourselves, it's very interesting because often the, what you do, it's, it's good for the world too. So you give, you feel a lot of accomplishment, but at the same time you give for the world. So it's giving and receiving at the same time. So those are the four aspects of the spiral of uh, Jordan Macy's work. So it's the base with what I'm starting um, my um, my workshop when I give them. Yeah, and it's um, it's a really interesting base to work from. I I just taken the workshop, and it's uh, it is it's a real journey. There's lots of um, meditations, uh, silent work, group work. It it only like, it was three days, but it it's, it feels like a bit of a of a journey. Um, you know, the one thing that struck me doing it is um, the the kind of importance of being able to just create and hold that, that container, you know, because the content is one thing and understanding it, but it, the work actually brings up a lot more emotions than, uh, than you could maybe predict. Um, so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how your training as a psychotherapist has like helped you to deal with the types of things that come up in these workshops? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm a body psychotherapist. I have to say it because the, the term psychotherapist, it's now, uh, in, in Quebec, at least, uh, specific for those person who, uh, who have a specific training. So, but body psychotherapist, I can say it. Uh, yeah. So I'm trained as, a. Um, I'm a body psychotherapist and uh, of course in this approach it's it's all about listening to your body as a 
as a guide, you know, to be able to see where you're at and how do you feel. So this is, a, of course, the base of my work too. So helping people, first of all, to sit within themselves, see what is there, what are the emotions, what presence, what are the physical feeling, and what are they on their mind. So we start there, just say, okay, where I am. And each each day, one or two times a day, we stopped for five minutes and, and do that that check-in to see, okay, what's there? So that's the basic, because if you want to encounter somebody else, you need to encounter yourself first. If not, you'd, you'll just be on projecting on others what you're not able to see within yourself. So from that scan or where you are, so what are your needs? So being able to see, you know, what need is there and how you can try to fulfill them. And for me, create a, a safe container. It's to be able to, first of all, recognize that each one is there and it's, we recognize their the importance of their presence with whatever they feel. Because you can arrive to my workshop and feel really bad and you can say it in front of others and you can be welcome with that. And this will change too, but just being able to feel it, say it to others, maybe say your need, I will need uh, to take a longer break and we'll try really to listen to the people need so that they can really feel comfortable that their needs can be understand and fulfill. So just this in life, I think it's really revolutionary because we never take time to really ask where the people are and how we can help them to fulfill their need to be present. And I'm working with that too. And it's really impressive how it works because people, I, I really feel that starting by it, it's just kind of, ah, I have the right to feel anything and I have place to say if I need something. So it, it, it really brings confidence and trust between each other and be, being clear of what is your intention? Why are you there? What are you looking for? So this, as more as you're clear with your intention, as more as you will get from it, you know, because you know what you're looking for. So you will figure out how to find it. And it can be one of your need too, if one of your intention is not fulfilled. So it's very interesting because it's a co-creation. I'm the facilitator, but we, we are all responsible of uh, fulfilling our needs, our interests, our, you know, um, clear intention intention so this is a, a part of it and um after being able to be in contact with yourself then we we go through meeting the others so i use storytelling too in my approach so from the storytelling you know from native storytelling very uh, in, in initiative uh, tale so you can see yourself into the story so w then i'm gonna give space so that people can share to each other what they feel where they are in that story so they are able to project themselves in the story so we we kind of now as a group we have a, a story where it's a commune story now we have a same um you know same repas we see in french so oh yeah maybe i feel like 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 the little mouse now in the story so everyone know what the other person talks about you know because we have something in common. So now in many countries, the religion goes away. Before it was, you know, this religious story that we had in common that we were, we were sharing. And 
being able to kind of uh, figure out where we we were through that those story from the religion but now that we don't have any more those story that we share together so what will be the story that we will share together so that we can really deeply in another level understand each other so from there we go and we really try to work on communication and deep listening so i give some tips uh, on um, nonviolent communication deep listening so from being really in contact with yourself, grounding yourself, listening the other and see, let yourself be touched, not trying to push out what you want to say, but just being able to listen and, uh, and re- be a mirror for the other or for, from each other. So that, that's our two tools that I'm using too. And, um, I will use a lot of, uh, yeah, meditation too, different kind of meditation, theater theater games to help to get in touch with yourself with others too yeah yeah it's really interesting um one of the things that struck me most about the course was the was the section section um on honoring the pain you know because a lot of stuff came up um just with general levels of pain people were feeling and once you start actually pull the thread on that and you see how much pain and trauma there is in the world it's actually quite overwhelming um, and we you know we have these we're comfortable with these ideas now about kind of like transgenerational trauma the trauma to the land and once we start to under, understand how interconnected it all is we, we really see that we are a generation of of quite traumatized uh, people um, and it seems to me so important that personal work is done to kind of overcome uh, that trauma. Like you say, not to repress it, but to actually move beyond it. Um, and obviously there's a limit to what can be done in a, in a three-day course. So are there kind of tips or like advice you have to people who are maybe looking to go beyond this themselves, who are looking to do personal work on their own? Yes, but yeah, I think honoring the pain is uh, because, as you say, you know, many people don't feel well. You know, there's a lot of disconnection with themselves, a lot of, you know, antidepressive pills that have been taken each day for so many people around the world. So we try to face, you know, we try to avoid our pain through not feeling it, but it's still there unconsciously. So then we get sick, we get depressed, you know, we get depression. And so in body psychotherapy, you know, or any psychotherapy you, you will do, it's the first thing it's, you know, recognize what not, what's not going well within yourself or within the world. So just admitting, okay, that's this and recognizing and accepting it. Because if you want to go forward you need first of all to accept what is it because if you're just so angry about it i don't want to the world to be like that no it doesn't have to be like that and you're such into angriness or opposition then it just make it stronger but accepting that doesn't mean that uh, you agree with what's going on but at least okay it's what it is you know working with what it is so now it's it as it is so then the third step would be you know uh going forward but you need to accept first so accepting it's mean going there within yourself 
looking at yourself, at your your own pain and at the pain for the world, and and just try to trust that uh, often people are scared from, with pain. They are scared that they won't be able to overcome it. They, they, they are scared that they're gonna they're gonna get drowned into the pain, or they're gonna kind of uh, explode with the pain. But it's it's false. Uh, it's a false perception, you know. You you can hold it, you can process it, and living our emotion, you know. If you're angry and you you good, you you take a good way to express your angriness, you know, by writing it, by you know, just make some drawings on how angry you are. But this it's kind of letting this emotion pass, and that would give space for other stuff. If you don't accept the pain you have. It's it's stuck into yourself, and it's it's gonna yeah you're gonna get sick or you're gonna get depression. You really need we need, and I think it's something that we really need to teach to t- children at school to be able to to face their emotion. And often, little boy, I say, oh no, don't cry. It's uh, or don't fight with each other. You know, they in Quebec now they cannot even fight for fun. Little guy together in the you know in the court, uh, in the yard behind the school, you know. We need to, to feel this, those emotions. So this is really something that we need to learn. So often, even adults, we, we're not learned to live that. But uh, there's a, something that I've learned that I always remember. It's that as much as you're able to feel your pain, as much as you'll be happy. Because if you cut yourself for, from the pain from your deep pain it's gonna cut yourself for your deep joy too because there's something into your body who's who stopped the deep emotion so but it's the same roots the deep pain or, or the deep joy so for me it was very kind of oh yeah okay so maybe i should go because yeah of course i want to live some deep joy so it was kind of uh, encouraging me to say okay let's go there and and if you know, everybody who have goes to deep emotion and cry it or, you know, express it after you really feel released. If you go at really process, you know, the full cycle of emotion, they say that at the, at the end of the, your emotion, you, you feel released. And it's true. And something I realized not so long ago is that even after a big cry, you know, when I look after at the nature or of anything, you know, I really feel that my, perception is it's more clear the colors are more clear and it's really interesting to see that seeing with new eyes goes after i realize it from that you know goes after honoring the pain and seeing with new eyes oh yeah i see really you know physically i feel more i see more clearly after crying deeply you know because it's space for something else to see better to to process it it's very important (laughs) yeah so walking into it really yeah um yeah it's i find this stuff fascinating uh, as a kind of permaculture designer and teacher because um i really do think that you know as a permaculture designer i use things like the scale of permanence to approach a new piece of land you know uh, which starts with kind of like the climate then the land form and then the relationship to water and you move down through this checklist um, and in a sense, it actually becomes fairly formulaic after a while. You get, 
you know, there's a pattern to it. And once you understand it, it's actually quite easy to to build soil fertility, to build diversity, to build resilience in a landscape. But the complicated thing is um, the people who who live there. Uh, and I see it all the time with, with phone calls I get from from clients who want me to come and and organize or t- to help them design a space. And what I encounter more often than not is, you know, we really like these ideas, but there's a group of us or there's various interested parties and we're struggling to come to an agreement. Or a year later, I go find them and the thing didn't get off the ground because they couldn't agree, they couldn't work together, they couldn't cooperate. Um, So I'm just wondering, have you had any experience um, with communities and with doing your work to uh, to actually help in the in the formation of communities? Yeah, I worked uh, a lot with groups dynamic. You know, it's I did that uh, mostly all my career. You know, trying to work together within for attain an objective, and. Um, yeah, there's there's some tips that we can learn in social permaculture too about it, you know, really being clear of intention for everybody, you know, this is the first part and often is this first part. We think we have the same objective, but uh, it's not so it's not the same often, you know. If I if I say a cat, you will see a cat in your head and I will see another thing you know it's very interesting how you know in our imagination often things even the word could be similar the way that we imagine it are really different so as much as we make the intention clear through drawings through uh, really clear objective clear idea of uh, what are the non-negotiable stuff that we want you know what's our our basic need that will help to you know to um, succeed as a community and uh, of course uh, the those community that i've met that work too is those who are often the the kind of uh, it's mandatory if you want to be in the community to have a non-violent communication uh, course so that i think it's very interesting because at least you have the same tool you know, and this tool, you know, in nonviolent communication, it's about, you know, um, it's what I'm working to with. It's, you know, recognizing what's the fact when something I think, what's the fact? What's the emotion that brings you? What's your needs and what's your request? So this, it's never offensive to the others, you know? What's the fact? It's just really objectively fact, emotion. Every, everybody, nobody can be hurt as you. Because telling them that you feel sad, you feel disappointed, it's your emotion. You have the right to feel any emotion you have. And what will be your need and what will you, you'll be your request. So this is really helpful for a community. Say, and I will really suggest every, every community or everybody wants to start a community to start by a nonviolent communication course. Because in, within that approach too, you really kind of uh, go into... because. To be able to feel your emotion and needs, you need to scan yourself. As I teach at the, you know, this beginning of meditation I do with my groups, you know, where you at? You have to stop and think before talk to anybody who you feel kind of a conflict or a resistance with, you know. So this is a very uh, good approach. After, you know, a lot of uh, group dynamic that I will suggest, you know, in group, it's uh, as I do, you know, even if it's workshop, but 
always take time to see where our people are, you know, how, how do they feel? So what are the need of the day? Do very small meetings. When the meetings are too long, people get upset and any kind of decision are be made. So uh, really try to make uh, less than two hours meetings. Better do more than longer one so that people can stay, be very present. And uh, recognizing since the beginning, what are the strengths and the quality of each other? So then they can really uh, know, because if we were community, we're being a, a, a bigger body, you know? So what are the strengths of this bigger body, you know? What's the tool we have in common so that we can really use each other's strength? And as much as pe uh, somebody have been asked to help and their strength are implied, they feel accomplished and they feel happy. So more that the strength of people will be used, more the community will be happy. So, And we say always in Group Dynamic to recognizing the work that has been done and uh, party together too. And uh, what I've learned too on communities too is that supposedly that those who who last the most is those who have a clear, you know, um, those who have a spirituality in the center of their thing. Supposedly that they they last longer. I thought it was very interesting to think about it. So, you know, if we we look at spirituality as bigger than it's not religion, but really just. Uh, Something that we believe deeper, you know, it can be care for heart, care for people, you know, this the philosophy can be a deep philosophy if it's not spirituality as in permaculture, you know, care for people, care for planets, share fair. So if this is really deep value for everyone, then we can rely on those deep value and uh, it's what's going to feed us too and that's going to help us to go further in the community. Yeah, really interesting. The need for um, the need for that deep kind of meaning to to our lives. I feel like it's it's actually something that's that's really really lacking. I feel in the in the modern world. Um, and have you done this this social permaculture stuff? It strikes me that it really is something that could and maybe should be incorporated more into PDCs. Uh, as opposed to just uh, touched on, have you have you taught on a full PDC, or do you have any plans to? Um, but uh, now we're talking, uh, Shad and I from uh, Atitlan Organic, we're talking about maybe integrating more social permaculture aspect into a PDC, and we we're just talking about that because I really think it should be integrated because. Even if you have a beautiful land and, uh, you know, with really uh, permaculture uh, design, but you cannot live with people with who you work, uh, with who you have bought that land, you know, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So I think, yeah, and um, uh, I have a company, it's called Ego Eco, so Ego slash Eco, so how we can, you know, go beyond uh, our ego to to be f more in this conscious that we are an, you know, interdependent and uh, we coexist, you know, with nature, with others. So how to pass from one to the other? And uh, within ego, eco, it's interesting because for me it was too, you know, often you have, uh, in, you know, we were studying psychology in one way and then ecology in the other way. So 
you know, social permaculture and the work that reconnects come from an approach called eco psychology. So it's really, you know, melt, you know, melding the, the, the two approaches because how can we not be, we, we, we separate so much stuff, you know, <laughs> even, you know, in medicine, you know, each specialist for each part of your body, but your body's working as a whole. So <laughs> how can you not work? You know, we should work in the, in the, more integrative way so in eco psychology it's this you know and for me social permaculture and permaculture design certificate it's should be the same because we're part of nature we are nature you know if if uh, there's a climate cl climate change will be psychically affect of it the way you look at nature it's the way you look at yourself too You know, the way you position ego eco comes from, you know, this idea that anthropocentrism, you know, as human, we put, we look at ourselves as in the top of the nature. So if you look at yourself as it, you know, you're going to abuse of it because the nature will, the nature will just be there to kind of, um, just furnish to you what you need. But if you realize that you're part of it, But of course you won't, uh, if it's a part of yourself, you won't harm yourself. You'll care of yourself. So I think we really need to integrate stuff together as eco-psychology, as permaculture. It should be the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that's great news. Uh, I teach with Atitlan Organics and Shad as well. Um, and so for me, it would be fantastic to uh, to integrate your teachings into our courses because... For me, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, um, I think it can make intellectual sense to people to to tell them that they are part of nature as opposed to separate from it. But it's an experiential type of learning that really has to be has to be felt, and I think that's the big benefit maybe of of a PDC, which can last two or three weeks, uh, and you're you're in usually a very nice place like the places we teach you. You're 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 in nature. You're camping out. Uh, you're in the garden every day and 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 getting like small amounts of these kinds of reflections and meditations and personal work throughout the course I think has has huge uh, power to it you know um, so could you maybe uh, tell our listeners where they can find out more information about the work you do and where they can find out about upcoming courses Uh, yeah, so I have uh, my website is www.egoeco.ca. Uh, so uh, you can find all the information on, on that website. And you can go on Atitlan Organics too. So the social permaculture class will be integrated next year. We're going to have at least uh, two seven days social permaculture, one in the end of January and one in the beginning of March. So that's the the big news of the the week, <laughs> and um, and we will try to integrate a smaller course too for those who would like just an intro. And we were talking about uh, integrating uh, some social permaculture into the PDC to next year. We're still 
think about it. So if you go to uh, Atlanta Organic too, uh, you're going to find a lot of information about that. And uh, we were, Chad told me that he's planning something very interesting. So for those who want to touch the three aspects, you know, we'll start by a PDC and after a social permaculture class to complete with the eco construction, you know, eco building. So that could be three weeks, you know, a couple of weeks, very interesting. So touchy, touching all the aspects of permaculture. So after that, you, it's a life changing experience. So I would really recommend that people could do the three courses in a row. So, and if the most people do the three courses in a row, then we can work in groups and try out, you know, to do that nonviolent communication, to, uh, to go more into meditation, to find more about uh, who we are and what we need. So uh, we can go somewhere with that. Yeah. <laughs> we sure can. Uh, Isabel is super exciting. Uh, I'm really um, feel privileged to have met and, and taken your course and really looking forward to working with you more in the future. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. As always, you can find all the show notes for this and all other episodes at AbundantEdge.com by clicking on the podcast tab in the navigation bar. On the website, you can also find a whole range of educational articles as well as the services we offer from design and consulting to education. While you're there, don't forget to take a look at the courses and workshops that we offer, which are all designed to empower you to take back control of your life by giving you the skills to produce your own food, manage landscapes regeneratively, build your own homes and structures with natural materials, and most importantly, to dream ever bigger about the highest potential that you could achieve for yourself, your community, and the planet that we all share. Thank you sincerely to all of you who have and continue to add comments and send feedback to me. Your contributions help this to be the conversation and dialogue that it's meant to be. For anyone else interested, you can email me and the whole team directly at info at AbundantEdge.com or you can post your questions directly to the Abundant Edge podcast Facebook page, to which there's a link in the show notes of this episode. All of your feedback makes these episodes and interviews so much more engaging and help me to give you the information and content that you want. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you again in next week's session. Music